in marriage, we need to strike a healthy balance between independence and dependence on each other. This is where we sort out the sticky stuff like needing you as my spouse versus just being needy and being an individual without taking away from a sense of us. Welcome to the Only You Forever podcast. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you've been looking for. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Verlinda Simone Gendel. Hey, everybody. I start this out the same way every single time, and it reminds me of my friend, who gives me a hard time on the phone because every time I answer the phone, apparently I'm way too enthusiastic. Right. So if I'm way too enthusiastic on this, you need to let me know, somebody who's listening. So hello, everybody. This is episode number 49, and we are going to be talking about a key paradox of healthy marriage called differentiation. Now, I'm kind of guessing that you're going to be breaking out some psychobabble today because Uh of all the big words that I just had to use, Uh but hopefully we can break it down and make it understandable. I hope so too. In fact, Mm -hmm. I think we can. I know you can. Ready for this? Yep. All right. I think this is really important because when you get these concepts, it helps take your marriage from ordinary to extraordinary. Wow. Oh, yeah. Well, this is worth listening to then. I believe it is. Okay. Before we jump in, Verlinda, I think we should mention that if you learn better by reading, and I'm just thinking of this because this is a more complex topic. This is yeah. kind of this gets a little bit into that woo-woo kind of side of psychology where it's like, I'm going to have to think about that. Yeah. Okay. So if you learn better by reading, you should definitely plan on checking out the write-up of this episode, which Verlinda does, called the show notes over on our website. And you can just open up your browser, Safari, Internet Explorer, Chrome, whatever you use. Go to oyf.link slash 49, and you'll be able to get the full show notes there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the keyword we need to learn is differentiation. Differentiation? Differentiation. Differentiation. I learned it. Differentiation. Okay. Differentiation. That's how you pronounce it. I'll give you a definition, then an example, then we'll unpack it. Okay. It's not a simple concept, like I said, but it's a dandy, so stick with me. Okay. Here's the definition of differentiation. It's the process of learning to simultaneously separate from and connect with a loved person. Simultaneously. 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 What? Have you always said simultaneous? Where did you grow up? Apparently a better place than you. Obviously in some kind of a little niche. <laughs> I grew up in a niche. Okay. So it's the process of learning to either simultaneously or simultaneously separate <laughs> from and connect with a loved person. And so this is... Eh? That's like being needy. No. no, it's needing without being needy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that leads us to our antonym, which is a merger. Antonym means opposite. Thank you. The antithesis of differentiation is merger. Because in a merged relationship, there is this urgent, even sort of desperate desire for one's spouse to meet one's needs. Hmm. And when you don't meet my needs, I'm going to take that as abandonment or rejection. Mm. But they're almost like holding you hostage. Yep. So we got a couple examples in here. Okay. Let me give you a story of a merged relationship from an article by uh, somebody called Grau in a journal called Pastoral Psychology. A husband tells his wife, the house is dirty. She never fixes dinner anymore. She's uninterested in sex. She has no libido. She responds by saying that he's just a slob. He drinks too much, that he's a dictator. And he says, well, if she would just change a little bit, he would be happier and their marriage would be better. And she comes back with the same. And when he doesn't change, she tries to convince him, perhaps by employing, you know, emotional or physical coercion. Like, I'm not going to have sex with you until you do this or that. 
And what they don't realize, though, is that in requiring the other person to change, they're giving their power away. Think about that. This is a merger. It says, I need you to meet my needs. And if the other person changes, I will be happy. If not, I will be unhappy because my unhappiness or my happiness depends on your behavior. And because my happiness depends on your behavior, you actually end up controlling controlling. me. Controlling me. Huh. Okay, that's interesting. So that's a merger. That's what we don't want. Right. And it doesn't work because the requirement that the spouse changes sets up a hostile environment. And by putting pressure on that spouse, what are you going to do? You're going to just distance, distance, resist it. Yeah. Even retaliate in order to survive. Hmm. Right. Now think about why they're doing this for Linda. He's withdrawn. It looks like authoritarian or maybe he's a drunk or maybe he's just acting unappealing. Like she used the word slob, right? Yeah. So this is all about being withdrawn. Okay. She is disengaged too, though, Verlin, because there's no interest in sex. She makes coming home and being at home unappealing, and she attacks a lot, which maintains the distance. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So they're separating from each other, even though there's no words. Right. And when they do talk, they're being confrontational, and they're not trying to connect because there's, it's, all, it's so infused mm-hmm. with blame and accusation. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they're both anxious about the relationship. Yeah. They both want it better. Yeah. Okay. But when they talk about it or how they act around the marriage all serves to keep the distance in the marriage. They keep the distance because they're anxious. Which, so they're, they're kind of yeah. in this cycle. Yeah. They can't ever get off this crazy cycle. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back to this differentiation idea. We defined it as a process of learning to simultaneously, do you like that? I said it your way. Mm-hmm. Simultaneously separate from and connect with a loved person. Okay. So think about an act of intimacy. Let's give a brief personal example. And don't worry, folks, this isn't going to freak you out. <laughs> yeah okay hey, you think it might <laughs> let's just hear it first <laughs> okay just bear with me so the other night we had a conversation about lingerie oh yeah and i revealed to you some thoughts expressed what i wanted how i wanted to feel yeah that's me asking you for something that relates to me okay so we're going to put this in the context of differentiation okay that's me asking you for something that is about me yeah in doing so i was separating myself from you because I'm stating this is my position and it was different from what we've been doing. Yeah. But in that same moment, simultaneously, I was connecting with you by giving you a picture of my inside world. So this is differentiation, which is the simultaneous separating from and connecting with a loved person. Okay. Yep. Got it. Yep. So I was putting myself out there. Now I felt a little anxiety doing that. But I didn't withdraw and I didn't mull it over or ruminate over thoughts like I wish she would do this or that and never actually give voice to it. Mm-hmm. I gave voice to it. I put myself out there. Yeah. Right? And that's the first step. So this is not about getting away from anxiety, but about using it instead of letting it control me. Okay. Does that make sense, Rhonda? Yeah. And our typical response is to be like the husband or the wife in the example that withdraws or, or retaliates. You know, just eh, that's easier, forget it. More She'll natural. never, whatever. Mm-hmm. Instead of I kind of had to, you know, hold on to myself, self-soothe a little bit. Eh, this is going to be risky. I think I should try it though. It's going to be okay. Right? Mm-hmm. And take the risk and put myself out there. And this is the hardest thing to do. But in the end, I put a deeper need out there and I said, I want this, the issue we're talking about. Be- not because I need you to look hot in order for me to get it on, but because I want you to be sexy towards me. Yeah. Does that make sense? But on the other hand, Verlinda, if I'm emotionally cut off as a husband... The research says there's going to be more marital strife because if I'm cut off, that's not going to come up and my resentment's going to come out in other ways. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
And this uh, presence of emotional cutoff is more typical of relationships where there's a merger. But at the same time, in those relationships, there's more emotional reactivity. I mean, as in there's more anger, you know, yeah. everybody gets emotional very quickly. And this is from another study by a, a fellow called Scouron in 2000. So in other words, if I'm not available to you, we're going to fight more. And if you're freaking out on me all the time, we're going to fight more for that as well. Okay. Right? So it goes both yeah. ways. So we really want to work on self-disclosing. This is me revealing myself to you. Yeah. In a relatable way that leads to intimacy, not to distancing. Mm-hmm. So this, this kind of increases the risk though, doesn't it? Because if you... Well, that's the anxiety part I'm talking about. Like you have to kind of hold on to yourself. Yeah. Because when you reveal yourself or differentiate... Yeah. Your spouse might not respond favorably. Like, what if I had said no? Yep. That's a possibility. But I guess then as differentiating, though, you yep. wouldn't let that control your emotions, emotions. and your Right. So I'm not going and... to take that as rejection. Okay. Yeah. This, this is where it gets really good, right? So yeah. as a differentiating spouse, you don't want to move into conflict, start blaming or accusing. You just want to pause, reiterate your experience. Like state it again. And if I keep getting nowhere, I'm going to leave it for later. Right. Yeah. Maybe if it's going to be years later, because I realize, you know what? She needs to grow and get more comfortable with herself before she's ready for this. Mm-hmm. But because her love, I love her, I'm willing to tolerate that. But here's the okay. critical, here's the critical point from that is my happiness is not predicated on you doing what I need. Right. In that moment. Yeah. Yeah. So in that you're, you're separating yourself. You're being an individual. Yeah. But at the same time, when you make yourself vulnerable like that, it's Connecting. increasing the intimacy. Absolutely. Oh, huh, interesting. Absolutely. And so, the, and this kind of goes both ways, right? And we reveal ourselves and can accept differences. And we do that without feeling threatened because, you know, I know myself, I accept myself. And out of that, I accept you as well. Hmm. Oh, that's yeah. good. It's differentiation. So the separate, yeah. the separating is me putting myself out there, stating what I want that you aren't doing, but doing it in a way that's connecting with you by revealing my inner world. Right. It's not just going, you never do this. Yep. Uh, So I'm kind of restating the definition of differentiation there. Yeah. That's intimacy. And it's this paradox because it's pulling away. It's moving towards simultaneously. So just remembering that definition, the process of learning to simultaneously separate from and connect with a loved person. Mm -hmm. Right. So if her title was uh, for this show, if I need you, does that make me needy? It probably should be, I want to live more fully with you, but I'm not going to be needy about it. Hmm. Except that would, from a copywriting perspective, be a terrible title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, wanting is good, mm-hmm. isn't it? Good when it comes from a place of fulfillment or abundance. Okay, mm. but not if it's like anxious and... Yes. Um, Insecure. And, okay. That's where you really get sort of that needy thing going on, right? Yeah. Which I think for Linda leads to the next layer in this, because... In behind this are the ideas of autonomy, being independent, and relatedness. Hmm. Autonomy is my independence or your independence. Yep. And also kind of has the idea of individuality in there. Okay. Relatedness is about the closeness. Okay. Mm, yeah. So I'm going to another study now from the Journal of Marital and Family Therapy. And they looked at this in 386 married couples. Okay. The best marriages were characterized by high levels of both autonomy and relatedness, as in differentiation. Okay. So both autonomy and relatedness. Right. Hmm. That's the paradox again. One of the beliefs of couples like this is that 
the provision or the encouragement of one construct for a spouse is not necessarily at the expense of the other. That was not hardly English, was it? No, you need to try that again. A construct, you mean like change or? Okay, let me give you an example. Okay. Um, and then come back to it. You are an avid extrovert. Mm-hmm. And I encourage, I cherish, and I appreciate that about you. But I have no need myself to try to become like that. Right. I'm not like that. I'm an introvert. Okay. So okay. that's the but you autonomy. Being, you being that way in a crowd is not a threat to me. Okay. Like I'm not worried about you outdoing me or being more in front of or more popular than me or whatever. This is just how Verlinda is. I nourish and cherish that. That's great. Good for her. Okay. That's me giving you autonomy and me loving about you is the relatedness. Oh, okay. Okay. And I don't feel deficient because you're way better at meeting new people than I am. Okay. I appreciate that about you. So again, that's the autonomy and relatedness. Yeah. So in a crowd, you know, the way this plays out literally in a crowd is you're, you're able to mingle and move around and, and we we're acting autonomously because I'm going to try to get myself in a corner with one or two people and have a good conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I value the, the interaction that's a little bit deeper. That's with less people. Whereas you like, I'm not saying you're shallow, but you like to have meet lots of people and have, you know, good, lively conversations with several. Mm-hmm. I couldn't think of anything more exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But even though we're acting differently in those moments, we're still in love. Yeah. It's the autonomy and the relatedness going on, right? Okay. 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 The constructs, this is where I come back to that definition, the constructs of our personality, they don't have to clash or be in conflict. We can be different. It's okay. Uh, okay. That's, yep. where, that's where I'm going. Gotcha. So that's a high level of autonomy. Yes. But there's still that high level of relatedness. Yeah. So we must have a great marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time. Oh. What? So you just took that personally? Yeah, I did. Eh, that's poor differentiation. <laughs> Work on that when we're done. <laughs> okay. But the study Verlinda says when they found that when spouses encourage a sense of autonomy in their partner, their partner feels more positive about the relationship. Really? Hmm. Okay. That makes sense? Yeah. But there's a gender. But that's just being able to accept them for who they are. Yeah. And let them be that too, though. Rather than change them into who I'm comfortable with. But there's a key gender difference that comes into this. Okay. So wives are more likely to perceive the encouragement of autonomy as a threat to the relationship. Yeah, I can see that. Yep. (laughs) And often when couples go for therapy, the wives are saying, you know, we're not close to each other. And the husband's saying, you know what? We need more independence. Oh, that would be a little awkward. Well, it's it's interesting though, right? To get to the the right balance of differentiation, because I think you want both autonomy and, what's my other word? Relatedness, right? Like closeness? Yeah. So how do you get to this place? That's the question I'm trying to get to. The first thing I think you need to do is accept that both sets of concerns are valid at the same time. Simultaneously. Like he should be allowed to want, (laughs) nice, he should be allowed to want autonomy. Yeah. And she should be allowed to want a close sense of connection. Right. But you have to work on increasing the sense of connection, the relatedness first, because you create the safety from which the autonomy can Mm, spring. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in our marriage, I wanted more autonomy at the start. And you, you kind of clued me in that I had to, you know, there's two of us in this world now. Okay. Right. So I wanted more autonomy and I, I kind of saw that you felt threatened by that. So there was a long period where we really worked on that sense of relatedness and togetherness. But then in more mm-hmm. recent years, if you kind of think about the overall you know, thrust of our marriage and how that's been going, we've really started to step up the autonomy as well. Mm-hmm. And that's 
I think it's worked out well for both of us. I think. I think so. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. I never would have like actually thought this all through though. Yeah, it's pretty interesting when you think about it sort of a, um if I can call it in the life cycle of a marriage. Mhm. Yeah, just to borrow a term from the business world. Yeah. Okay, where does that leave us? So we have to to build differentiation in a marriage. Mhm. We need to start with that strong sense of togetherness, that relatedness as a foundation. And then you kind of start bringing in the autonomy because if you don't feel threatened at all to yeah. the relationship, yeah. then that independence isn't so scary. Right. And I think you have to direct the independence to the relationship first as well, not outwards. Sorry. The independence part, the autonomy, you have to express that into the relationship before you do it out. So what does that look like? Well, doing it out means like I'm just going off on my own doing stuff, but doing it in is the differentiating thing where it's going to say, hey, I want this from you. It's revealing yourself, kind of like the examples we gave, the example we gave of ourselves earlier, right? Right. Yeah. And, just learn learning healthy self-disclosure, like revealing personal information about yourself to your spouse, you know, continuing to let them into our world about what we're thinking, what we're experiencing, our dreams, yearnings, hopes, goals, all yeah, that yeah. good stuff, right? This is an act of intimacy when we do this. And I came across another study related to this that said that couples do this best when they have the characteristics of responsiveness and high self-esteem. Now, responsiveness is just the ability to draw someone out in discussion. We want to be able to do that for our spouse, to really draw them out and to discover their inner world. This mm-hmm. is the context in which couples do this, getting to know each other business best, right? Okay. And self-esteem is important too, though, especially for men. So I withdraw the most when my esteem is low and I want to hide because the world says men are not permitted to be weak. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, you know, if you have high esteem as a male, you're going to be stronger at self-disclosure. Oh, okay. That's what they found from this, right? Yeah. And if, you're, if you don't have high esteem, you're going to have to work on that. But on the other hand, if you're female, it's more about how you esteem the relationship hmm. that, okay. that leads to your disclosure. And if you value the relationship highly, you'd be more likely to share with your spouse if you're female. So there's another gender difference Ooh. there. Yeah. But overall here, like the real conclusion to all this is that intimate self-disclosure leads to much greater personal well-being. And that's where we want to come back to this differentiation thing of being willing to take those moments in our marriage where in a healthy way we state our position, our wants, our desires. And then we just kind of watch and we allow our spouse to respond to that without taking the response as rejection. Go ahead, Verlinda. Yeah, I'm just a little concerned, like you say, stating my wants. Like it sounds almost like dictatorship or whatever. But that's not what you're meaning here. No, I'm... It's just sharing something that's one of your own yearnings. Yes. You think about, Verlinda, like how often we see in couples... They don't clearly communicate to each other what they want. They just kind of hint or they yeah. make snide remarks about something else somewhat related to it. You know what I mean? Right. The, yeah. The side shots, the hints, the illusions. and When what they want deep down. It'd be really scary to say that. Yeah. But think about how close you'd get if you came out and said that and yes. they accepted that part of you. To be courageous. Yeah. As Brene Brown says, to dare greatly. Hmm. Yes. Okay. That's all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oyf.link slash 49, as mentioned earlier. Yeah. And Caleb and I were just talking about this not too long ago. We just realized something pretty silly. We've been working long and hard on our Talk to Me 101 e-course in response to requests from you, our listeners, to help in the specific area of communication. 
But we've kind of failed to mention the other stuff we offer. Yes. I also have available marriage coaching and premarital coaching because I know that some of you are listening to this in preparation for your marriage, which is awesome. Marriage coaching that comes in two formats. We can set up ongoing sessions and work together over Skype or by phone. I also do one-off sessions, which are great. They've been really successful as well. Are great for couples who are stuck on something and just need some leverage to get over that issue and move on. Yeah. So rather than thinking about going whole hog with a counselor, it's a a great option to try. Or if you do want a more ongoing kind of work through issue stuff, by all means, give us a call. We can set up some coaching. Yeah. So you can learn more about the coaching on our website at onlyyouforever.com and just click on the coaching link at the top. If that's of interest to you, head on over to the site right now and feel free to reach out to reserve your time as we do limit the number of clients we take on each month. So that's it. And we hope you have a great week. Thank you for listening to the OnlyYouForever.com podcast. Please help us reach and influence a wider audience by rating and reviewing our podcast at OnlyYouForever.com slash love. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.